Hey, this is Jose Galison on No Way Jose. Uh, this episode you'll see on the Liberty Movement YouTube channel as well, and my YouTube channel that I just started up as too. Uh, today I have for my guest, Mr. Peter Arcanones. Um, it's really great to have you on. It's uh, not to be weird or anything, but it's kind of you're one of those people that I've kind of it really influenced my thinking a lot. So you've been a catalyst for like what's got me deeper into reading and you know kind of changed my thinking in a lot of ways. You and Dave Smith and some other people are kind of been some big influential people in my thinking. So it's kind of great to have you here. And uh, yeah, even when I disagree with you, it is like I like your the way you think. <laughs> you know, nice to hear. Thank you. So I had Pete on today because I wanted to talk about The Mandalorian. I've been following his sub stack and he's been digging it. And uh, he's actually what dragged me back into it because the first half of season one, I was just kind of like, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I liked it, but like I'm not one who watches a lot of TV. I watch like one show at a time. So it's got to be something really valuable. And then, yeah, Pete kind of dragged me back in with the sub stack and I'm glad I did. It's been a great ride. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, definitely su suggest getting on that substack. So uh, with that, I think we probably had a breeze into season one. We're just going to do a quick summary of it. And uh, so what were your thoughts on season one, Pete? Uh, I thought it was just, you know, one of those perfect buildups where, you know, just like a getting to know you kind of thing, where you get to know the characters and you start getting an idea. It's really more about him, about Din, the Mandalorian, and getting to know where he came from, what Mandalorians are all about, and less about Baby Yoda. And um, we don't really get to know anything about him until about halfway through season two. But you know, season one was just, to me, like just a really good build to, to figure out where they were going to go in the future. It definitely seemed to me like from season one, that they had multiple seasons planned ahead of time that, you know, they were going to do, you know, it's like, Hey, we're going to do a lot with this. And um, it seems like that's what they're going to do. And, you know, as you'll see, there's already, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the fact that there's already going to be a, um, an offshoot of this that you, know, <laughs> you saw in the, in the <laughs> hidden scene or the, the after credit scene in uh, the season finale of season two. So. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be really hard during this to just not nerd out and just jump right to the end. Because I feel like what me and you really both want to talk about is that finale. But uh, mm -hmm. I'll try to keep it in my pants and, and hold it back. Because, <laughs> <Sure. laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely have a lot of words to say about that. And I'm sure you do as well. But, yeah, I definitely like season one. It was definitely like a very intro. It kind of surprised me with season two that they kind of focused more on the relationship between Baby Yoda and, and Mando. I mean, I guess I kind of did it. But it felt more, I don't know, I guess season one is just more like about the characters and introducing your characters. I mean, there at the end, I guess it kind of, you got that vibe a little bit, but it was very Mando-centric. I actually, yeah. I almost thought that they might actually ditch him after like a season or two. And I mean, maybe they do. We'll get into that later, but it doesn't seem that way. Um, but yeah, yeah it was kind of slow build, like you said. So that's kind of why I ditched it halfway through. And it's not that it was necessarily bad. It's just that it was a slow build and I have, I'm a very busy man. So uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I only, like I said earlier, I only do like usually like one show at a time. It's got to be good mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah, definitely was worth holding on to. So yeah, um, well, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad season two. I'm glad season two is over because the new the new season of the Expanse just dropped. So I have to now I have to binge watch that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things about that. I've always wanted to get into that. But like I said, I, I don't watch a lot of TV at all. I I so busy. I have like multiple businesses and stuff. <laughs> so uh, with that, let's get into season two. What we really want to talk about. Let's talk about uh, episode the first episode of season two. The Marshal. Um, that's the one with the crate dragon, just to, to jog yeah. everyone's memory. So you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I mean, it was great to have a you know cameo from Timothy Oliphant, who you know justified and you know so many great roles. And to when you, I'm pretty sure that everyone recognized the armor he was wearing when um, you know, when he appeared when you first see him in the bar. Um, it was like, okay, wait a minute. You know, and then you're automatically going, how did he get out of there? Wait a minute. How, wait, a, what, what did he spit out the armor? What the hell happened here? How did this, how did this happen? And then, um, you know, a, a, a really good amount of action in that one. Um, especially when they're, uh, killing that, what the hell was that thing called? 
Crate Dragon, which that's yeah, actually a big dragon. piece of lore for Star Wars nerds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you kill that, and um, I mean the battle to to get that, and then at the very ending, you know they do basically like a walk off with you. You see, they don't tell you who it is, but I mean I knew exactly who it was right at the ending. Who who's walking off the camera, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> I thought that's all we were going to get. Uh, like, this show just no, doesn't cease to astound. And I was actually surprised about that when that came. I was like, whoa. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. No. But, uh, uh, apparent- oh, sorry. Well, you know what? Well, you know, it's fine. Well, um, we'll get to that. Uh, remind me to tell you the actor who's playing the person we're talking about wh- where what he's played in the past. I don't know if you know it. Oh, I don't know much about his, oh, okay. uh, you know, film history or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, well, it, I, it's in it's in the Star Wars universe. Oh, are you talking about how he's the the clone or whatever? Was the clones or, or or was he somebody else? Oh, he was somebody else. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. all right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that. Um, maybe I did, and I'm just it's not jogging my my memory right now. Yeah, apparently uh, I found out today. Actually, apparently even Timothy Oliphant's character, I guess, was actually another character from deep like Star Wars lore. Which apparently, like, it's like one thing I've really loved about the show is they've really they have not held back on fan service at all, and like, but not in a and not in a, a shitty way. Like they, they did it in a good way, and because like there's so many little touches that they don't even make a thing of, but you, later you're like, yeah, that was in you know this Legends comic book and blah blah blah. You're like, what? No way. Like even apparently Timothy Oliphant's character was, which that really surprised me that they like, they did that deep of a cut. Like I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd, but even for me, there was a lot of stuff. I'm like, really? They're, that's, that's really niche. They're really bringing that in. So yeah. Oh, and there's, yeah. there's something real deep in, um in the season finale I'll talk about. I mean, a deep, deep, I mean, outside of the universe kind of thing. Oh, okay. That, that, that becomes part of, that becomes part of the universe now that, that the, this character actually said it. So, hmm. I mean, that might maybe I'll know what you're talking about later, but because <laughs> there's there's so many things in this show, there's, there's so many different rabbit trails you can go on with the lore that they've introduced in here or touched on from past things. Um, yeah, it was also really awesome seeing a crate dragon for those who are Star Wars nerds. Like I said, I'm a moderate Star Wars nerd. It is like a thing in a lot of the video games and stuff, the crate dragons and to see one on film and done well. Like I was really, this was the one episode that I was like, holy shit. They're really like, they're really pushing out the money. They're not, they're not like, like, cause you kind of expect like a TV show type budget, you know, like, I don't mm-hmm. know what their budget was, but it, it definitely looked film I mean, quality. It's Disney, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they have money. <laughs> I know, but you know, you're still like, it's like, ah, it's a TV show. They're not going to go that all out. And you're like, then you see this giant crate dragon. You're like, they're going all out. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. when you think I would really like to have a beat on a number that of the people that actually subscribe to Disney plus just to watch this, because I don't subscribe to Disney plus, but I still watch it. But um, it'd be interesting to find out how many actually do. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I think I watch on Disney Plus. <laughs> and I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm big. I'm a, you can see behind me, I'm a big uh, comic book nerd. So, like, I, I kind of like, but even though I don't go back and watch that content that much. So, I mean, I might occasionally partake, but for the most part, it's just Mandalorian. Um, yeah, let's move to the next episode. This is the Frog Lady episode that most people would think of where he escorts the Frog Lady. Um, this was just kind of, for me, it was just kind of a fun episode. There wasn't anything too deep to it. I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on it that you want to add to. It's the lowest ranked episode on IMDb of the season. People hate, seem to hate it the most out of um, out of all the episodes. I mean, the obviously the highlight is when he starts eat when when Grogu starts eating the eggs. <laughs> it was just I thought that was the best thing ever, and then and then like the next day, someone had memed it. It had. He was just holding the and someone to put on there. Fuck them eggs. <laughs> yeah, she was hilarious. It was pretty fucked up. Even from the get get, I was like, that's pretty fucked up, but hilarious. <laughs> and you know, and also you had um I guess the the one other thing from that episode is the the X Wing fighter, the you know, the I guess they were the uh the Rangers of the New Republic. Um are they calling it the New Republic? What are they calling it? 
I think so. I know there's yeah. they're, they're actually making a show called Rangers of the New Republic. So yeah, that yeah, yeah. that sounds like that's kind of like the new thing. And I know it's like Kara later joined, or actually, they might, I think the end of last season she joined up or something like that with yeah, them. Yeah. So so yeah. yeah so um yeah, that was a good introduction to see you know to see an X wing and to um to see some rain see some rangers and um you know just sets things up yeah i do think it was a cool callback too because they kind of like pointed out how they kind of hooked him up because he he didn't or he tried not to murder the one guy earlier so yeah i don't know i kind of i don't know why i was like reading sterner and that came out and so i kind of was like in my head i was like oh so that's kind of like that whole i guess kind of also a little bit ayn randian where it's like that like you know even though you're doing uh doing good things doesn't necessarily mean it's you know it's you can be doing it for yourself and essentially because it's like it worked out for him in the end kind of deal. I'm kind of stumbling over words, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know I was I thought it was a fun episode. It wasn't like the greatest. It was kind of just like a it's kind of cool because it reminded me of like old school, like horror films. And that's and that's yeah, kind of yeah. I think what they're going for. But it was it was just a fun episode. I mean, maybe it was the lowest ranked. But I mean, out of this season, that's kind of that's still a uh, compliment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Um, all right, next episode, this is where they run into the other Mandalorians or what, you know, I guess he later disputes whether they are or not. So you got anything to say that? It's the one where they make him go on the mission with them. Yeah, that was uh, a lot of action in it. It was also a short episode. I think that episode was only 35 minutes. And yeah, that was, I mean, another setup episode to set up what would come in <laughs> eventually in the season finale. Uh, it, it almost seems like <laughs> every episode up to a certain after the second one was just setting up the season finale. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, so this is what we're going to see. This is what we're going to see. But I mean, that was a good episode too. Um, the thing that I like that they hinted at in that episode was by him not taking his helmet off. He was like a part of, like a very strict sect of of Mandalorians, and it almost made him sound like you know Wahhabist or something like that. Like they were, um, like they're like, yeah, just take your helmet off, you know, just like it's it's like take your mask off, you know, stop it, <laughs> just <yeah>. so. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was just a, that was a good setup because you know you know that Bo-Katan was going to come back that 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 eventually she was going to have to come back, so um. I did kind of like, I feel like they were subtly kind of like introducing story beats with that. And I think that kind of, kind of like, I feel like it's dual nature comes in later. I'll probably going to do that more later, but I did like how they did that subtle drop. It doesn't seem to mean much, but I feel like later it kind of makes it more impactful because it does make it like a religious thing. And I feel like that kind of creates other metaphors for like what's going on there and how it's almost like he's a religious zealot. And I mean, that's... I, I, I mean, I'll kind of get into it later because it kind of like if we go into like maybe the future, I kind of have an idea of like what that could build off of. And it also obviously makes some future scenes way more impactful when you know like mm -hmm. what it means to him, you know, that, that it's that it's like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Let me see. I almost forgot what the next episode is. <laughs> uh, next episode. Um, this is where he reunites with Kara. And oh, this is the one. I, this is probably actually my least favorite one. The one where they go back to the I forget what the one planet is and they kind of. I don't know they go they go to that one uh, empire type place and I, don't know, I forget even what they were even doing in that episode. That was the one I liked the least. You, is, it, are you, is it ringing a bell for you? Uh, is that it's the most forgettable one, one for me? I don't know which one that is. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the next episode. He goes back to the to that planet with uh, with Carl Weathers <laughs> and uh, Cara Dune. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, kind of this that... weird. I don't even remember what the point of that was. I mean, all it did was kind of show you more of what was going on with Grogu and stuff. Like, but yeah. aside from that, it was kind of like that was my least favorite episode. I mean, it was bad. It was fun. There just wasn't really anything important in that episode that I can recall. You know, okay. just yeah. it, was, it was okay. <laughs> like, I don't really even have any thoughts on that one. That was almost like a filler. It was what it felt like. So, yeah. Uh, next episode, the Jedi. Now that one was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one everybody everybody's losing their shit on <laughs> yeah. yeah but um i actually was like worried they would blew their wad too early with that i was like what we still have like more episodes like how are they gonna top this <laughs> yeah well i mean that's the i i think if anybody remembers anything from that episode is you get to find out what baby yoda's real name is mm -hmm. 
and they also start hinting at his past. And I mean, <laughs> what, what, when she started mentioning his past, what, what came out, what was in your head about, you know, she said something dark happened to him, something, you know, something bad happened to him. Uh, what do you think it was? I mean, obviously, I mean, it took a while to dawn on me, but obviously they're talking about the slaughter of the Jedi temple. <laughs> yeah. The young one, the young one. Yeah. He was supposed to be part of that slaughter. We spawned and, a lot um, of great memes. <laughs> yeah. No, so he, he was supposed to be a part of that slaughter and somebody rescued him. And the question is who? And I, I have an idea, but I can't, I haven't watch the prequels recently so i'm trying to remember where r2 was at the time at that time because you know when you consider the reaction in the season finale and everything which we'll get to and everything but um yeah i was i was trying to want so yeah that episode had a lot i mean it was just i mean the fighting the seemed like there were slaves in a city and apparently there was a lot of backstory to um you know to, to lore outside of the movies and the um the animated series and everything which i've never watched so mm -hmm. um you know i'm learning this stuff and as it's going along yeah ahsoka is like a huge fan favorite like i i mean i'm 29 so it's kind of my era when the clone wars is coming out um so i mean I kind of was in high school for me though. So I was like, you know, partying up and having fun and stuff. So I wasn't really paying attention too much, but I kind of off and on pay attention to Clone Wars. So yeah, it was kind of cool to get that nod of Ahsoka there because you always kind of wondered what happened to her. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff. The Obviously it felt like a samurai movie. Like I like how they almost mm -hmm. like pick genres and they almost kind of go with them some of these episodes. And it just, it was, it was a samurai movie. That's what it, or that's what it was. One of those old school Japanese samurai flicks is what it was. Like that's all the vibes I got from that. And there's so many callbacks. And then also you got the Beskar uh, spear yeah, and yeah. like, I don't know, so much cool stuff. And like, yeah, with the setting up his past is like, that was, a that opened up a whole box of like possibilities. Like, yeah. And well, also the Beskar spear, you know, is mm -hmm. going to be very important um, coming up. So yeah, that was, yeah, there, yeah, there was a lot there. Yeah, I I mean I probably could go on about it more because that, that is a really kick-ass episode. And yeah, I mean I, I I actually have no idea. I mean I know the going theory is that R two D two is the one who 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 saved him, but it's like it could. I mean I I could think of like so many different characters. Like it could go so many different ways. Like obviously everybody wants Mace Windu to come back in one yeah, one yeah. shape or form. Everybody thought was he was going to be the finale. Yeah, I was wondering if yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I mean we'll get into that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and as everything in that season is a setup for the finale, everything in this episode is a setup for the finale. <laughs> yeah. um, so we'll move on to the next episode. Uh, this is the, the episode is the tragedy. Um, this is where the tragedy occurs, uh, where you know they go to the J little Jedi magic place to to summon other Jedi, um, <laughs> which I don't really know the ins and outs of how that works. Sometimes you just gotta just go with the woo woo and just go, yep, okay. <laughs> and this is one of them. Don't overthink it. But yeah, they go to the, they go to the one planet. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll let you go from there. Yeah, this had some amazing action in it. And um, it was actually directed by Robert Rodriguez. And it makes a lot of sense. I didn't realize that until after I'm watching the credits roll. And then I'm like, oh, OK, with that huge stone taking people out and just all the the action. And. Um, and of course, we find out that um, for sure that. Boba Fett is alive. Yeah. Yeah. And that Fennec is alive. And I mean, she was such a minor character in the first season when, when she appeared, I had to look her up. I still I didn't remember where she came from. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was the episode where they were on tattoo when they were on Tatooine. Um, okay. But yeah. So, yeah, we get to see Boba and Boba just wants his armor back. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I love how Mando just keeps that religious, that religious fervor of, you know, you can't have it because, you know, you're not, you know, where are you from? Are you a Mandal? He's like, no, 
screw you. Just give me my armor back. It was my dad's. <laughs> yeah. And um, I love the um, when when Grogu's on the when he's connecting with the force and Mando keeps trying to get in there to, to grab him. It keeps gets like, yeah, I mean, got determination and everything, but um, it's like, you know, you have to ask the question, why didn't he, when Boba, you know, said, put your, um, when he put his rocket, when he put his pack down for, for Boba, it's like, why didn't you put it back up? When, uh, put it back on when every, when the uh, stormtroopers showed up. And that was a hell of a lot of stormtroopers. That was nuts, man. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was great fight scene. Yeah, but but you know, it was like I mean, the ending of that was you know, chills when Boba finally goes in and gets his armor and comes back, and he's got the knee rockets and everything. <laughs> and it was just oh man, that was yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. yeah, this is another one where I'm like, holy shit, they're doing it. Like Ahsoka was the first one. I was like, no way, they did it. And then and then Boba, I was like, what? <laughs> like so then with the finale, not to get back into it, when that happens, you know what? I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, it was almost like stages of disbelief with each each subsequent uh person they brought in. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the end sucks. You know, they steal Grogu, um, and kind of you're like, oh shit. And you obviously you know now at that point the next beat is we're gonna go save them. So that leads yeah. into the next episode where, you know, the deal is, <clears throat> um, this is, they got to go find the, the, find out where Gideon's at. And so this is where they get Bill Burr's great, great one. This is honestly like, I have a hard time choosing which is my favorite episode, this one or the finale. I probably would yeah. lean towards the finale, but this, this episode was great. I mean, there's so many, I don't know, just, this is like Bill Burr's performance of a lifetime. Uh, it was, it was phenomenal. <laughs> Pretty much better than anything he ever did in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, um, yeah. This one was just insane. Just a, um, a basically breaking in. It, 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 the premise of it is so simple. You know, it's like, well, we got to break in and steal some information. And you've seen it in so many different movies and, you know, so many different TV shows. But you knew something was going to go wrong. And then, you know, th the great part is, they get there and it's like, okay, we're going to have to deal with the empire. They don't realize that there's a civil war going on. <laughs> They're attacking you know, pirates. I mean, they were calling them pirates, but I, I took it more as like a civil war kind of thing. It's like, okay, you're on our planet. You're doing this. Okay. So we're screw you. You're the insurgents and we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to fuck you up. Um, so that whole scene where they're racing to, the empire headquarters so that they can get in there. And then when they finally get in there, even you knew that wasn't going to go well. And of course, um, Din has to take his helmet off. <laughs> you know, he's they're walking around. And then, um, but the best part is you get to find out that, um, the Bill Burr character, I can't remember his name now. What the hell was it? <laughs> I um, don't even, yeah. but you, you get to find out that, yeah, this guy who was, you know, doing hard time and when you know when you found him he was a um you know just a criminal when, when he's introduced in season one you, you get to find out that he really does have a conscience and um it, it sounds like it had been wearing on him for uh you know for a decade or two yeah it was it was it was a great episode it was so on the nose like it, it was Literally just telling the story of, uh, you know, us over, you know, post 9-11 America and, you know, essentially a veteran that did fucked up shit. And that's it was so on the nose. You literally could swap out everything. You know, even the even the pirates there are, you know, it's kind of how there's no good guys in war. They're all shitty. And it's the same idea with the pirates. They're still kind of shitty. But at the same time, they're kind of sort of freedom fighters, sort of. But even then, it's kind of over in the Middle East. The freedom fighters are kind of assholes too. So I mean, they're essentially in a in a sense freedom fighters. You know, I mean, a lot of people get upset by that, but in their eyes, they sure are. You know, mm -hmm. so like yeah, it was it was a great episode. I'm surprised how on the nose they went with it. And uh, yeah. yeah, the the scene for me that really did was the the helmet scene because that's the scene where you're just like, I don't know I like I said I kind of brought it back to Sterner I, when I was I was talking about it on social media with some people and it was kind of like I have like for me I'm a father and I have no higher principle than like kids because a lot of people were like i kind of brought it to principles and as a, that as a metaphor for principles and a lot of people were like you know those like black and white like especially because we're we're both like kind of the libertarian space ish 
you know? And so everybody was like, oh, you know, like, oh, you got to stick to your principles. And it's like, if, if I'm put in a moral quandary where it's morals or my family, fuck morals. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it is what it is. <laughs> like, I have no higher well, principle that, than that. Well, that makes you unprincipled. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Exactly. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. You're like, going to tell, you're, you're going to tell people that I'm unprincipled. Fine. Have at it. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I feel like I'm, I guess I would say I'm a mostly principled person, but I guess that's my highest principle. And if it comes to a situation and when one principle clashes with another, I'm sorry, that's what's happening. And I kind of, I really dug that and it really just showed how much he meant to him to where he like, he clearly obviously held his, you know, being a Mandalorian in high esteem. And for him to do that was like meant a lot. And obviously he's more impactful when I I just looked up was Mayfeld was the guy's name. It's really forgettable name. But then he said later, it kind of really showed what a heart he had about how he's like, you know, I didn't see anything, you know, and it was just, I don't know. I mean, it, we, we'll ignore how retarded it was <laughs> that, that he was able to just show his face. Because I assumed when it was a face scan, it was like they were scanning to see if you like, were someone who had access, you know. Right. Nope. Yeah, yeah. That didn't just make look sense. at your face. <laughs> Which I, I guess you could make the case that they're just recording it in case they go back to look later. But that's a really shitty security system. <laughs> What was really cool was when they were when they were escaping and Boba lets out that what the hell was that like an EMP or something like that? It just goes it just takes everyone out. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is that, man? Yeah, I think what do they call it? I mean, I think it's some like deep nerd callback that I don't I didn't know. I saw a lot of people nerd out about it online. Yeah, it was like a I forget, it's a seismic burst or something weird. I forget. But yeah, it was it was it was like it that was a dope episode. It, it did a lot. I mean, it was Great fight scenes, like, you know, like the fight scenes on the, like just the fight scene on the way to that, like the facility on the train was just awesome. Just watching them just beat down with those guys. I mean, it, it reminded me of like an old school, like Chuck Norris movie is what the vibe mm-hmm. that one gave me. It was just like, no matter what you're like, I mean, even though it was a little bit, you kind of had to suspend belief a little bit. It was kind of like, no matter what the hero is going to win kind of deal, but like in a wholesome, like seventies, eighties action movie kind of kind of way and and not in a bad way like it was almost like it did it on purpose is the vibe i got out of it you know so no, no yeah. it was that was that episode was amazing it was top notch i mean it may be better in a lot of shows the penultimate episode is usually the best mm-hmm. game of thrones did that when they were good the first four <laughs> seasons uh was always the penultimate episode that that was the best and um i think I think when it comes down to it, that episode was a lot more enjoyable just for action's sake than uh, the season finale. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into season finale. What me and you have been itching to clearly talk about. Um, I'll let you go. I'm sure you have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. Well, sure there was. We'll so, so it starts out where they're they need to get on the transport so that they can get. Um, uh, I can never remember what the doctor's name is. It is uh, Doctor Pershing. Okay. So. When they see Kara, he notices that she has a teardrop, which means she's from Alderaan, and he starts going at her. And um, the best, the best one is what um, one of the best lines is, um, you know, I was on the Death Star. I, I, uh, what do you say? I, I was on the Death Star, or yeah, yeah and, he, and, and she goes, which one? <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, so we're gonna play now, right? And um. Then he goes, he says, you know, millions of people died. Okay. That's from clerks. That's from Kevin Smith's clerks. There's an, there's a conversation with Dante and Randall where Randall makes this, and you got to look it up. If you've never seen it, you you have to look, look it up on YouTube where he makes the argument that the first death star was obviously, um, was mostly it was going to be all evil people on there. So destroying it wasn't bad, but the second death star was in the process of being built. So there was all these independent contractors on there and everything. And there would have been, and, and he says there would have been millions of people on there. So they killed millions of people. And that's never been said in the universe at all. So like they actually brought in like from clerks and made, made a, a, a conversation in clerks part of like the canon now. That's funny. It's pretty wild. It is ringing a bell now because it's been so long since I've watched Clerks, but it is like yeah. that is a very niche callback. <laughs> yeah, so, it's funny you picked up on it too. So the um, 
Yeah, and then they just have to after they get Pershing, they have to figure out how to get on the uh, what is it a light cruiser? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, to to get on Gideon's light cruiser, and then they create that scenario where the transport is is coming in hot, and Boba's back there shooting at them and everything, and then Boba has to you know bail really quick, and you see him jump into. I didn't realize that Boba's was I had forgotten that his ship could go light speed because that's a small ship. You're frozen. Lost you there for a second. I may have to figure out video editing skills finally and (laughs) get around to doing that. I've been lucky and not had to really do that yet. Uh, I'm going to pick up, pick up where I was from, where I was at. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten that, um, that Boba's ship could go light speed. So when it jumped to light speed, I was like, Oh, that's, I had totally forgotten that. But, um, yeah. And then they, they managed to get on the, uh, the light cruiser and that's when basically all hell breaks loose and everything. And, um, now, what do you have to what do you have to say about? I want to kind of b- jump back. I meant to jump in earlier, but I was kind of let you okay. your roll. Uh, I did really like how they kind of with the whole d- the banter between Cara Dune and the, uh, Im- the Imperial soldiers. I really liked how on the nose once again it was how what a metaphor this is for the, essentially the United States and you know just you know the Middle East and all that stuff. Like it was just they couldn't be any more on the nose with it. I don't know if. Favreau just really has a bone to pick. I don't know his politics, but it, it is really cool to see how on the nose that is. And it just makes it more interesting. It's, I, I don't know. I really dug it a lot. Um, yeah. Um, that's really all I had to add there. Cause it's not, not much there aside from, you know, they're getting ready. Obviously, you know, it's just kind of the generic build up to like, Oh, we're going to go save them. And then, you know, obviously you got to the point where we're at that scene where they're kind of busting in and this is just set up all still. I mean, they're, I don't really have anything to add to that. So we'll we'll just go from there because uh yeah I'm just all set up aside from that one part that I thought was cool. <laughs> yeah, so they um the the female crew um <laughs> head to the uh or obviously going to the bridge. Look, one and, second, uh, real quick, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I want your thoughts on that because I know a lot of people kind of brought up how that was a girl power moment. I want your thoughts on how if that was cringy for you or if that was weird for you i just i want your opinion i've gotten gotten to the point where i just expect stuff like this you know so it's like i'm i'm just gonna enjoy it and i'm not gonna um you know not gonna let it bother me and everything and or else i'm not gonna be able to enjoy the show you know so um um trying to remember the name of the um what are the 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 soldiers um they're, they're now droids dark troopers i believe they dark are. Troop, yeah 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 so yeah but they're they're freaky i'll give them that <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was pretty wild and yeah. that one gets that one gets out and he has to fight it and uh that was cool but then you knew that you know if any more got out that he um you know that it would be it would be hell and then he airlocks him out you know Bust the airlock, puts them out into space. And as soon as they did that, I turned to my wife and I said, they're going to be back. Yeah. It's like, it's like, this it's not like there's humans in there. They're going to be back. So. Yeah. Which at the same time though, I'm like, are they going to bust through the door? Like, I, I don't know. Cause it did seem like that door was holding them fairly well, but I, I don't know. So I was like, I went back and watched it again. And I was kind of like in my head, like tactically, I mean, not to overanalyze it because I, the first time I watched it, I was like, that's dumb. And then later I kind of rewatched and I still can't make up my mind if that was smart or not. Because it is, yeah. I mean, I do, I do, uh, one thing I do want to pick at, I mean, it's kind of being picky, but I thought it was really dumb how they were like, oh, we took the human out of it. You know, because they were talking about how this is a third iteration of Dark Troopers. And they were saying that how, like, you know, we got rid of the human and now, now it's better. And I actually, like, with watching its fight with Jin or Dejin or however you say his name, but um, he, uh, it actually seemed like a flaw because, like, he was fighting and he was just brute idiotic strength and it was there's like like if that had been a human in there with like a suit like that 
for one, you wouldn't have that like one story thing of like now we have to like wait for the charge up or whatever. But then also on top of that, they can overcome, you know, obstacles with their mind. Like, for example, there, instead of just punching him repeatedly in the head, you know, obviously that suit of armor has joints, you know, break an arm. (laughs) So, you know, like I get that the armor holds up, but it has to have some sort of give to it somewhere. And like a person would probably figure that out. Or you would think in Star Wars, they would have droids that could figure that out, you know. But I don't know, whatever. I mean, I guess you overanalyze it. You can, you can, you know, you can drive yourself nuts. But that, that kind of like took me out a little bit, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then once he once he jettisons the rest of the uh, dark troopers, then he finds where finds where Gro- uh, Grogu's being held, and of course Gideon's basically holding the dark. Um, is it is it called the dark saber? Yep. Yeah, over Grogu. So if he does anything to him, it's going to fall, and it's going to. You know, probably cut Grogu in half and everything. So they have a uh, a seeming detente, but um, then they get into a fight, and that fight and the um, the outcome of that fight may be real interesting for next season too. Okay, because right. uh, because Bo-Katan wanted that oh. more than anything. Which yeah. apparently, I guess, one thing people point out is in the uh, in the in, she actually is a character who came from I think uh, either Clone Wars or Rebels, one of the cartoons. Mm-hmm. And apparently, in the one at one point, her friend gets a dark saber and gives it to her. So a lot of people brought that up of like, well, she did it before. So I don't know. I mean, I, I watched a few videos of people trying to explain why, but it was still like, I mean, at some point, you just got to kind of suspend disbelief and go, oh, okay, well, this is what we're working on. <laughs> like, but yeah, I don't and know. then you know, once you get to once he defeats him and they they're all on the bridge. You know, then the dark troopers come back and yeah, you knew the dark troopers were coming back. So, you know, they lock themselves in the bridge and they just start pounding on the doors. And well, before they have the um, when they go in there, then Gideon's trying to um, cause both of them to fight each other because he's like, he's like, she can't. If she's not wielding it, she can't go back to Mandalore. So she has to defeat you. And and he's like, no, no, I can see it. Here you go. You know, and he's like, no, that's not the way this works and everything. So, you know, he, he devious till the end. And then, of course, the dark troopers come back and he's like, when they bust through that door, all of you are going to be dead except for me and the boy and the child. And um, yeah, that's when. uh yeah, you want to take it from there because that's when you know we get a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, I want to back up. I have two things to make a sure. make a points on. The uh, I did like the the encounter with uh, with Moff and uh, Mando. Uh, for one, I thought it was really dumb. He betrayed him, but whatever, because it was kind of like if he had just let him go, you know, that would be it. He would have been able to go, and they gone their separate ways. And and I actually thought that's where they're going with because it was kind of the same idea of earlier of how his only concern is Grogu, like. And I actually thought he was just going to betray all of them and leave with Grogu and let leave them all to die. And I actually kind of was like, I kind of like that. Like, I know it's like kind of messed up, but it's kind of like, like I went to earlier, like, I'm not going to lie. If I'm put in a scenario where it's like, you know, I have to save my child and, you know, some people got to die. I mean, it's kind of fucked up, but it is what it is. (laughs) And uh, I I wouldn't blame it at all because they kind of built up that father son relationship between them. But yeah. And then, um, God, what was also I was going to touch on too? Oh, the uh, the I, I really like the idea of how they brought into the dark saber of how that's how the how the you know who becomes the head of man or becomes the Mandalore, the head of the Mandalorians. I really kind of once again, it's I feel like Favreau is just like maybe I'm just autistic and looking for it, but like I just I saw I'm like that's obviously like a metaphor for government in general, like and how like you know something like the Constitution and how that's like oh well you know this piece of paper says I can do it. So and it's kind of the same idea with the, you know, the dark saber, you know, it's like whoever has it is the head of Mandalore. I mean, nice. I will give it, it's probably a better system, but <laughs> the lady, it's Monty Python, the lady of the lake during <laughs> scepters around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go into the next part, which is like the, uh, this is like the, uh, the orgasm of the episode essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Every I think everyone knew that the the um the dark troopers would be back, so they're all on the bridge and the, and the door is closed and they Im- immediately start beating on the door and you know that the door is not going to hold. Um, the door 
uh, to the place where they were stored in may have been built to attempt to hold them. So there is an there is the idea that you know it's like well if they do go haywire we need something to be able to hold them but you knew the door to the bridge wasn't going to hold and that's when an alarm goes off and you see an X-wing um, show up and I, I love it where they're just like oh great an X-wing yeah we're saved you know, so sarcastically and everything <laughs> and um, then you see that. It's Jedi and starts walking onto uh, onto the cruiser and the one dark um, trooper after another starts coming after him, coming after the Jedi and the Jedi is just cutting him down. You know, they're shooting at him, deflecting it with the with the lightsaber and just cutting him down until the point where you know, gets every single last one of them. And then the, the dark, um, the dark troopers, even the ones that are banging on the door, turn around to address this threat. And, um, the Jedi kills every one of them, opens the door, walks in, takes the hood down. And that's where I got completely pissed off. Cause I wanted it to be Leia. <laughs> you want to be Leia? I wanted okay. it to be Leia. Okay. I can see that. I mean, that would yeah. be, that would have been interesting. I mean, I, well, I think it, it, I think it would have just been a better. I think it was just way too obvious that it was going to be Luke. I can see that. I mean, I guess for me, I honestly had forgotten Luke was even in that era because when the show started, I remember like thinking like, "Oh, well, this is at that point and this point," and I was it's like, five oh, years. It's five yeah. years after the second Death Star." But I kind of forgot about it, sort of. Yeah. It's whatever. They don't really like go on it too much. I just kind of forgot, and then. Like I remember at one point being like, oh yeah, Luke is out and about this time, but I immediately shut it out of my mind because it was early in the show and I was like, there's no way, there's absolutely no way they're going to bring Luke. There's no way they would let them play with the continuity of Luke Skywalker, you know, because it's just a TV show. And like, like I said, this show just like continually, just like, you know, from Ahsoka to then Boba Fett to Luke. And you're like, what? Like, it's almost like they're kind of letting Jon Favreau kind of like handle the future of, of it. And they're letting them, they're giving him the reins to do it even in the shows. And I kind of dig I mean, it. You know? I wish he would do the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that Ryan singer guy should have been strung up by his short hairs. Yeah. I mean, so. a lot of people are surmising that maybe they're going to pull some sort of retcon. Cause I guess in the, in the show, there's some, some, I forget what it's called. Like it's some Jedi nonsense with time travel and stuff. So I, I don't know, maybe if they do it well, it could be cool. Cause they're going to do an Ahsoka show later. And that's kind of her thing where she got into that in the, uh, in the show, uh, they kind of touched on it a little bit. I don't know enough that I've gotten into it. I know a lot of people are hoping. I don't, I don't feel like they would do that. I feel like I mean, there are other ways they can go without having to, you know, throw away all the continuity. I'm personally of the mind that I'd like them to go past. But anyways, I digress. Like it was great watching this Luke episode, this Luke scene because it was a slow realization of what you were seeing. Because the X-wing obviously was the first hint, and you're like. Okay, all right. And like then you see him come out in the hood and it's very Darth Vader-esque. Like his entire like movements was just how Darth Vader fought. And mm -hmm. so you're like, oh, okay. And you see, and at least this is for me. And then I see the glove and I'm like, Luke had a glove. And I'm like, ah, no, no way. And then like and at the end, like I think I had already realized somewhere along the line it was Luke, but I was just like, no. And then they show the face. I will say the CGI threw me a little bit out of it, but it wasn't that bad. I kind of like was at the same time, like it's a TV show. Like I can't expect perfect movie quality, so I kind of like immediately let that go. But yeah, well, the first the first line Luke says is "lips don't move." Yeah, uh -huh. I noticed that. Yeah. And then after that, they they caught up with the CGI and everything. Um, and then of course you see, um, you know, it's Grogu like peeks around from the chair, and Luke sees him and um, you know calls him to him, and Grogu immediately looks at at Din, and um, you know, that was, I think that was to be expected. You know, it was that he was going to be like, um, yeah, I'm not leaving you, dude. And then, um, you know, Luke says, you know, you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to tell him it's okay. You're going to, he's looking to you for permission. And, um, you know, then you have that, the tear jerking part where, you know, where Grogu's leaving Din and everything. And then when R2, when R2 shows up, it is so obvious that, Grogu knows R2. I mean, he like perks up, looks at him, almost gets a smile on his face, 
and said i think he says something to r2 and then r2 perks up like holy crap wait a minute i do remember you you know and um yeah that was cool but you know, it, him like hugging hugging din's leg and everything like that and then um turning around so that luke could pick him up and then they could leave and everything and that was uh that was nice you know and I could tell my wife was getting emotional and I'm like, you know, next season they're going to be back together at some point. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, it might not be the first episode. It might not be the second episode, but by the third or the fourth episode, he's going to be, you know, Din and Grogu are going to be back together in some way, shape or form. Yeah. That scene kind of fucked me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I'm, I've become a sap as I've gone older. I have two daughters and I've become a sap when it comes to anything with kids. Like I used to, I mean, I'm a pretty stoic guy, but, not much really gets me, but like anything like father child relationships that those get me pretty good. And that one just like, I didn't cry, cry, but I got a little watery <laughs> and it, it kind of fucked me up. I was like, Oh my God. And then like, obviously the slow realization in my head, like, Oh shit, Luke's all of Luke's apprentices die. <laughs> yeah. like, oh God. And, uh, I actually, I, I'm obviously I know now cause I, after, I thought that they were going to just like leave it like that. I think actually for the purpose of the show, if just a show, if you're not thinking about the larger universe, they should just should have just be like, and they're not going to, they've already admitted it. And like Favreau's talked about it, but I think they should have just be like, that's it. Grogu's done. We're not dealing with him anymore. And that's that. And it would have been more impactful because it would be, it would be the sat. It would still stick with the sacrifice of how he had to give up his child for his safety. And it'd be even more fucked up that it like, he said, I promise to see him again. And you know what happens. And it's yeah. in like in the kind of, I really almost felt like they should just leave it like a gray area. Like, did they ever meet again? I don't know. You know, but I think for the larger purpose of the universe, Grogu is such a good character that can be used in so many different ways for the future of the star Wars, like Canon. That it's like, cause he's like, it lives for 900 years ish. So it's like, you can do so much with that. <laughs> like he could be a yeah. reoccurring character in later things that are centuries from now. <laughs> like, if you decide to play with the timeline. So I, but I think for the purpose of the show, it actually they should have let him just be like dead, but they've already said they're not going to not dead, but be like, he's that's it. They're done. You know, he, you know, like he did what he was supposed to and, or what he thought he was supposed to. And, you know, we know how it worked out, (laughs) but I guess he's got some pretty strong plot armor. Cause like, uh, it looks like he's probably going to survive the second purge somehow (laughs) one way or another. (laughs) Teflon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and then after that point, it gets into, uh, what's, what's after that? Then it's, uh, he obviously leaves and that's the end of the episode. And then we have the post-credit scene, which I'm, sounds like you have something you want to say about that. <laughs> as soon as that, that started, I was like, okay, that's Jabba's palace and that's Jabba's second. So his second took over for him. And which is really weird because, you know, the way all that ended on in Jedi, you would think that, um, maybe that palace didn't exist anymore or something like that but yeah so and then you see uh obviously somebody's walking down you can see shadows someone walking down the steps shooting people and um then it's revealed that it's fennec and i'm like oh what the hell is she doing and i'm like okay okay so um here's the thing though why would why would Boba be so upset at? I don't know the character's name, and I'm sorry. No, I don't. Even I know agree. people. I know people are mad right now. Um, why? Why would Boba be so upset with him, or was he upset with him? And he's just like, I'm just going to take this guy out so that that I can sit on this throne. Yeah, I don't really recall him. For one, obviously, I don't feel like that guy screwed him over in any way. And maybe they'll go into it more. I, I mean, it's been so long since I've watched the original trilogy that I don't even remember if if Jabba even screwed him over in any way. I mean, he fell no, out. No, he yeah, he off. just fell. <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing that I can think of that would have him have a grudge with Jabba or him or like. And when the hell are we going to find out how he got out of the Sarlacc? <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a, if I remember correctly, someone told me way back when there was some like comic, which obviously none of those comics from back in the day are canon anymore because right. they said that with a new trilogy. But yeah, he, I guess there's some way where he just crawled out, you know, <laughs> like they don't, I don't remember what the, how they explained it, but I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's just, I mean, that obviously, how, do you, how do you lose his armor? You yeah. know, that's, that's another thing is, is like if he crawled out, what happened? How did, um, the Timothy Oliphant character end up with the armor? It's yeah. Just, I, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm sure they'll probably get into it into the show. I thought when they showed this, this was their way of saying that this was going to be season three of The Mandalorian and they were moving on to a new story. That's what I got out of it first. And I actually was kind of like, okay, that's smart because I thought that was like, you know, because they kind of had a perfect, like these two seasons of The Mandalorian were kind of a perfect storyline and a good spot to end him at. And you could also like maybe come back to it later, do like two seasons of yeah. you know, Boba and tell some story of his and, you know, kind of bounce around. And they're both Mandalorians. So I assume that's kind of what they would do is be like, you know, season three, the, you know, the book of Boba or whatever, you know, but I guess come to find out they're just making, they're just going crazy with shows now and they're just rolling them out from so, this. So. so the guy in, um, the guy who plays Boba, I think it's pronounced his name Tim Timura Morrison. He played um Jenga Fett in Attack of the Clones. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, because he was the original. All right, that's kind of what yeah. I was getting at. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he, yeah. yeah, he yeah. So that that actor actually played Jenga in the in um episode two. Yeah, it was it was cool seeing him come back. For one, he's obviously was all the clones. That's the template they use for the clones. Like, yeah, it, it was cool seeing. But he him was, back. yeah. When she goes, when when uh, Bo-Katan goes, I've heard that voice. I've heard that voice before. She doesn't realize he's not. He is actually a child of the child of Jenga. He's not a clone. Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like I mean, some nerd will probably correct me later. But I feel like it was vaguely implied. It's been so long since I've watched the original trilogy because it's not the original trilogy, but the prequel trilogy. And I'm pretty sure it's insinuated that that he was a clone. Uh, like they, they did that for him or something, or he requested one of his own or something like along those lines. And so it's insinuating that he was a clone, but he was raised as a son. I mean, I'm talking out of my ass. It's been so long since I've watched was it. it? I thought that was I, the case. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, people are going to hear this and be, be upset. I was I was under the impression that Jenga, who was you know cloned, mm-hmm. was that Boba was his actual son. Yeah. If I remember, I, I, now I have to go back and watch episode two because um, yeah, I'm talking out of my ass. It's been so long since I I saw it in the theater, and I don't think I watched it ever again. So. Yeah, I think I've watched it like twice. I mean, I grew up, that was around the time when I was a kid. So, I mean, it was like, I remember thinking it was cool as a kid, but then when I got older, I was like, I kind of realized the flaws of the uh, prequel trilogy and how, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know. You're kind of, we're kind of kind of close on time. And uh, do you want to talk about the future a little bit? You know, your headcanon of where it goes or, or you got, you got somewhere to be? Give uh, you, I mean, yeah. I mean, we can a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do next. Um, I assume all of the tension and the horror that we heard about in seven, eight and nine, especially seven. Um, well, eight really that we're going to start. Probably some of that's going to start creeping into the storyline. Um, yeah. I mean, I, the way this ended, I have no, no idea how, they're go- how it'll pick up. I mean, I assume it'll be Mando. Is it going to be him back to bounty hunting? Is it going to be him and Bo-Katan? And I can't remember the black girl's name. Um, that they're going to try to take back Mandalore. Or so, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have an idea of what they're going to do. I mean, my deep head cannon, which I know this isn't going to happen, but there were so many in my head how it would work out really cool. Is I would like for uh, Jin to become the uh, become the Mandalore, and then just them to accept it and be like, that's you know the key, the kind of the whole idea of like Game of Thrones with Jon Snow of like the one who doesn't want the throne is the one who should have it. I mean, maybe they can even do the whole you know Daenerys thing with Bo-Katan, but properly. You know, maybe not her go full scorched earth. You know, out of nowhere like they did with Daenerys, <laughs> but because uh, I mean it. Because I feel like, I mean, not to go off on too much of a tangent, I feel like that could have been done well. You know, the Game of Thrones, like Daenerys going crazy, but they kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, it it could have been done, but not to go off on a tangent, it could have been done well, but it wasn't. They just, that's one of those, it's one of those situations like this. The reason why this is so good is because you have John Favreau, who's obviously a fan. And then you have, um, what's the other guy's name? Is it Dan Filoni? Yeah, Dave Filoni. Yeah, Dave. Dave Filoni, um, who did Clone Wars, and you know, I mean, the, the guy's been been through it all, and knows the whole, you know, knows the movie canon and everything else. Um, 
So it almost seems to me like they could have got Benioff and Weiss. They, they, they could have murdered those guys after season five and just allowed some fans to write seven, you know, six, seven and eight. Mm. Um, because, you know, I mean, I, I hope Weiss and Benioff are like suffering right now for what they did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just awful. I'm pretty sure it's ironic. No, okay, I'm, I'm gonna back off of Game of Thrones because I, I could go off on a tangent. But uh, <laughs> the point being is, I could, I could, I would like to see them do those same beats with Bo-Katan. That'd be cool to see her kind of go off the rails and him, you know, be like she's not fit to lead type deal, and him having to take the reins. And D-pad cannon, you just they just made a character Grogu who's gonna have Jedi powers, you know, and he lives for 900 years. I thought it would be really cool if they could use him to set up the future. You know, they could have, you know, Mando take over the throne of Mandalore. At some point, Grogu leave training of Luke before the purge happens and him take, you know, decide like, because I've always thought, and they kind of touch on these notes a little bit in the show of how the Jedi and the Sith are just polar opposites. And uh, not that I'm some fan of centrism, but it's a little bit different where you use like, it's kind of the Jedi and the Sith both suck. Like they're both just like, you know, it's kind of the whole idea of horseshoe theory that if you come around, you like, you kind of just get shitty on both ends. And it was kind of, I've always liked the idea of the gray Jedi. And I kind of feel like that would be so cool if they took Grogu and kind of had him take the role of the gray Jedi and eventually, you know, down the road, take the reins from Man- from uh, Mando as the Mandalore. And then now you have a society of Mandalorians that like, you know, he's also raising them to kind of bring balance to the galaxy into the force, you know, and kind of like the whole gray Jedi thing. Cause I really feel like we need a paradigm shift to get past this whole Skywalker bullshit and now we can finally be like prophecy fulfilled. You know, you got Grogu who was trained by Luke, who was, you know, the son of Anakin. You know, you can make those lines, you can make the story beats connect and be like prophecy fulfilled. He's brought, you know, balance to the universe. Cause there's a big thing in legends where they actually have to deal with threats from outside the galaxy. And like, and it would be cool to finally get past the Skywalker thing. And I really feel like this would be the way to do Knights of the Old Republic without doing nice of the old republic and stepping on the toes of the continuity because you could do it in the future and then i don't know if you know much about nice old republic people have been asking for that for forever and the aesthetic of the mandalorians is basically is super similar to you know Knights of the old republic and the whole thing people like about Knights of the old republic is super powerful jedi and sith which if you had the great jedi they would be able to play off of they would be able to like kind of play off both sides. They'd be super powerful, big giant battles of Jedi and Sith, which I mean, I don't know. I know the Yusan Vong, I think is the one threat that people always talk about. That's like a big one, but it would just be cool to finally get past the Skywalker thing. I feel like they could use Grogu as a way to set it up. And I don't think he should be like the head, but you know, set him up as like a background character, kind of like the, what Yoda essentially was, you know, in the uh, other ones where he's kind of that background character that kind of sets the structure and the narrative for the future. And they can kind of, you know, play with that. They can pick their new, new head characters that kind of play in that world that Grogu kind of, they used him to set up and kind of, I don't know, makes you feel more emotionally attached and they jump, you know, later down the line. Obviously that's huge head cannon, but I'm like, I'm just, I, my big thing is I just want to move past the Skywalker stuff. And I just really feel like we need to get to a point where it's like, okay, we've got balance. Now what, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I know there's a million yeah. ways to go, but that's just my biggest thing. So it's when you get past that nonsense. <laughs> well, obviously, obviously they're, you know, they'll have, you know, Luke is going to drop out. So they, you know, also you have to take into consideration that I think the seven, eight, and nine are supposed to be 30 years after the um, destruction of the second Death Star. So you also have to take into consideration anything that they do in this is probably going to have to at least align somewhat with what what's going to happen in 25 years so which you might have Grogu will still be kind of young ish so maybe make the point that it's like he escaped that second purge because he's just got magical plot armor but (laughs) and he you know went back he left training with Luke but even then he would still be pretty young so it'd be one of those things where he kind of got a little bit of training and now he can kind of go back with Mando and you know go that way you know yeah so and just set the seeds and move on and just maybe end, end their story. And then just maybe it comes up later, but yeah, that's huge headcanon. It's just in my head. I was just like, this is like a great character that can play with and do so much with, because it just, they created another Yoda. That's, you know, you can have a great, because Yoda was a great as a background character. And I was like, this is something mm-hmm. you could use Grogu for in future. You know, there's so many different things you could do with them really. So yeah, he really needs to learn how to speak English. That's important. <laughs> yeah, I, they did imply he's a lot, lot smarter than he lets on. So I'm like, why the fuck can this guy not talk yet? But whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Just not as cute that way. 
I think so it's he, probably. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. He's only fifty years old, so he's still young, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I listened to some video. I mean, this will be my last thing I touch on. And we'll wrap up. Um, yeah. One thing, it kind of was a horrifying thought. Is I, I was listening to one video and they were kind of breaking down. They're talking about how he is so young, and you can kind of almost put him in the, I don't know, roughly the head of like a five-year-old kind of. But he lives for so long, and he has all the memories. And think about all the stuff that he's gone through in his life. And like how horrifying would that be to actually be stuck in like a three, four, five, six-year-old's head for decades, essentially, or whatever, and have to go through all this trauma? You know what I mean? Like how much would that fuck up a person? <laughs> like, you know, really, even if you didn't deal with trauma, that would just be, I don't know, it's hard to wrap your head around <laughs> for like something that lived that long and took that long to mature. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's probably a good stop to sp uh, spot to stop. You gonna uh, you, well before we go into it, this was great having you. I'm really glad you did it. This was fun. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, you want to drop any plugs? Uh, Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast, um, the Monopoly on Violence uh, dot com. Check out documentary that I that I made with some friends, and um, my Substack Pequeñones dot Substack dot um, dot com, and. Um, Got some writings on the Mandalorian in there, but I've been concentrating on other stuff lately. So stuff that um, can be a little bit incendiary, a little too incendiary for other places that I write at. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward because I, I know some things that I think, you know, at least I think I know. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see where, where, where when you touch on that later. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Uh, I definitely highly suggest doing the Substack. It's fun. I mean, I, we have a lot of disagreements and a lot of a lot of things, but at the same time, it's always great seeing your line of thinking, and it's a it's always always a pleasure. Thanks, uh, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. And I'm definitely, like I said, I, I know some things. I'm looking forward to where that goes. So I highly suggest getting on there because uh, I uh, I have a feeling Peter's gonna have a lot to say about some shit here soon. <laughs> I don't know I've, when the reveal is, but <laughs> I've, I've been saying a lot of shit lately too. I mean, I got I got one dropping tomorrow where it's just like just. One, one long continuation is everything I've been writing about. So, yeah, well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, uh, with that, I mean, I'm not going to do my plugs. It'll be in the video description. I'll also put Pete's video in the video description as well. Um, with that, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you. This is awesome. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, maybe we'll you, again and find some other thing to do. <laughs> All right. We'll see I you. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.